Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Step. Who uh, had all his money 
donated to the church after he trusted his wife to take care of all of the household bills and uh, to take care of the home. And uh, when he looked up, she had donated nearly everything he had given her to the church. And uh, this is one time where he didn't retaliate uh, to the uh, tune of hurting the wife or doing something to the kids. He just simply burned the church down. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, I we always talk about the fact that <laughs> there's no respect for the church. And um, he had been, you know, speaking to his wife over and over again, so the article says. He had been speaking to his wife over and over again, who was a church worker, about, you know, giving the money to the church. And finally, when he realized that almost everything that he had given her um, had gone to the church, they say he loaded up on gasoline one Sunday morning. He drove to the church and doused the building in fuel and then lit it on fire after making sure that no one was in the church. And, um, you know, we got to talking about, you know, what people are thinking, what people are feeling. And, you know, the pastor said that, hey, you know, if you want to get the money to the church, then uh, they're not going to fight you. But if they noticed that, you know, it seemed as though you were putting, like, an, a, a, just a severe amount that they would definitely um, speak to you and uh, just let you know and remind you that you have to take care of home. You know, God does require his 10%. Um, giving an offering is, you know, noble and nice and, you know, what God wants you to give because that's the part that you're giving from your heart, not out of obligation. But, you know, if you decide that you're going to give it all to the church and neglect your home, then that's not a godly way of living either. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, there are just some people who feel that way. And to want to give is definitely nothing wrong with wanting to give. But again... You know, how do you take care of home? You know, the Bible even says that, you know, if, you know, if you don't take care of the home, you're worse than an infidel. And it questions, you know, how can you take care of God's church when you can't first take care of your home, you know, if you're a, a, a leader? So, you know, you want to make sure that there's a correct balance in your life, and I guarantee you, I will say, if she was giving everything to the church as far as finances, then uh, there were some other areas of life, you know, for her that were, you know, imbalanced. So, yeah, because it, it just doesn't stay in one area of your life. You're not going to be excessive. You know, in one area, and you're not excessive in another area. So, um, 
he's going to be spending a little time in jail. And uh, he ain't going to have to worry about, you know, how much time or how much money the wife is giving. Um, you know, also, you know, we got to talking about some of the responses, you know, um, from those who read the article. And, uh, you know, the comment of uh, God doesn't need your money. The corrupt people that lie and say they serve God do. You know, we ask, you know, how do you respond to that when you're a leader? And, you know, no, you're absolutely right. God doesn't need our money. However, you know, there is a mandate biblically that we give to God and we give to God via the church. So, you know, everybody is not corrupt. Everybody doesn't steal your money. And, you know, we do have to admit that, you know, because of this manipulation, uh, you know, people have fallen, you know, and become disenchanted with, you know, the church the church process of collecting money. Um, we always talk about that offering that just continues to go on and on. And, you know, people are seeing this. And then people are reading that, you know, she gave all the money to church. You know, also, you know, they say you can't buy your way into the kingdom. And they're absolutely right. You know, for those who think that if they give enough, um, that God would accept him uh, in at the end, then uh, you're sadly mistaken as well because God is definitely not going to use your giving to gauge whether you make it into the kingdom or not. So, again, you know, we had to uh, dispel some notion and, um, you know, set some things and people straight. So that's how it went down yesterday on this due time with Pastor Steph. So quite a quite an interesting conversation. You know what I always say, go back and listen. You know, even if you thought you heard everything, well, I want to tell you that yesterday was January 17th, 617 listens. Yesterday, Amen. I tell you, it's amazing. God is amazing. Our listens have jumped. People are tuning in. So when I tell you to go back and listen, somebody is paying attention. Yeah, somebody's listening to an episode and they're like, "Wow, I need more and more and more." So you know, we get on here and we're ministering and you know we're giving people God's word it's being received we're still at around 48 countries if not you know a little more than that um and uh God is blessing God is blessing not us uh, you know in 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 enabling us to be able to minister but he's also blessing the world with a word that they need. All right? All right. 
Well, today is Wow Wednesday. And you know what that means over here. It's Ladies Day. And we're going to get started uh, with our girl Vivian and uh, her socially conscious segment. And um, you don't want to miss that because Vivian's stories have now become our topic of conversation for the entire morning. We haven't even gotten to our uh, published <laughs> conversation. So I don't know what Vivian's going to come up with today. You don't know what Vivian's going to come up with today. But all I'm going to tell you is stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned, Okay. All right, our ladies are in full force this morning, and uh, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on, and make sure you go nowhere, because we'll be right back. Millions of Americans experience thyroid disorders, but up to 60% of them don't even know it. One of the most common complaints I get from women is that they are fatigued, they're overweight, that they can't concentrate, and it's all because of their thyroid. Hyperthyroidism refers to an overactive thyroid, while hypothyroidism is a thyroid that isn't active enough. They can cause classic symptoms such as weight loss or weight gain, nervousness or fatigue, and feeling hot or cold. But there are also some secret signs to watch out for. Mood changes like depression or anxiety can sometimes be the first sign of a thyroid problem. Brain fog or trouble remembering things may signal hypothyroidism. In women, periods that are light, heavy, or irregular can all be symptoms of a thyroid disorder. A puffy face or blurry vision can also be indicators. So can constipation or diarrhea. And if your food tastes different, you might want to get your thyroid checked out. It can be a critical disease. And so it's important for people to seek out routine care. I'm Nancy Alvarez reporting. Pastor stuff because the ladies definitely 
keep us thinking, keep us challenged, keep us on our feet. Yeah, the conversations get quite stimulating over here on this due time with Pastor Steph on Wednesday mornings. So we ain't got no time to be worrying about how we going to make it through. God has already answered that. All right? So it's about that time that we say good morning to our girl, Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. What you got for us today? Okay, today on Socially Conscious, we do have a rare occurrence. Most times when I'm doing my Socially Conscious news, it seems I have the hardest time finding my wow story of the week. But this week, seems as though every story I found was wow story worthy. Starting with a high school football team, um, their off-season practice sent dozens of students to the hospital. According to reports, Rockwall Heath High School in Texas is under fire after their school's head football coach, John Harrell, allegedly forced the team to do nearly 400 push-ups without a water break. There's no excuse listed in the article as to why the coach went to such extremes, whether he was punishing them or not, but reports are saying that more than a dozen players had to go to the hospital after this practice. One mother says her son was diagnosed with rhabdomyolysis. It's a medical condition that involves the breakdown of muscle tissue that causes the body to release a damaging protein into the blood. Mom said her son spent um, about a week in the hospital recovering from this condition. A lot of times we know that parents put their children into these organized sports teams to teach them discipline and respect, and this is what happens. I think this is just crazy. The school said that the coach was, um, he has been placed on leave. Whether it is paid or unpaid was not disclosed. And the school has hired an independent company to perform the investigation. I don't really know what they're investigating. If half, if over a dozen kids were sent to the hospital for the same thing, obviously, you know, there's something going on there. So, I don't know what the purpose of the investigation is, but go ahead. Uh, Next, we have a very troubling story. As women, we are always being cautioned about being out too late. We're advised to be aware of our surroundings, keep our keys in our hand and ready to use so we can get in and out of our cars or in our homes quickly, and all sorts of other safety tips. But what happens when someone tries to kidnap you from a drive-through window while you are at work? That's what happened to one woman who wants to remain anonymous. Reports say police in Auburn, Washington, are searching for a man who attempted to abduct a, to abduct a Bartista through the drive-through window of a coffee shop. 
The incident, which took place early Monday morning, was caught on the shop surveillance camera. You can see the Bartista appears to be handing the suspect his change when he grabs hold of her arm, yanks her um, towards him, and tries to zip tie her arm. She yanks her arm away and evades his attempt to pull her through the window, at which point he drives off. The alleged victim also suggested the suspect was intent on abducting someone that morning, though not necessarily her. She says, quote, he was going to do it to someone that day, and it just ha- so happened to be me. She says the coffee shop owner has provided employees with mace, tasers, and a panic button for safety. Um, again, a crazy story. I don't know how he thought this would have worked. Again, no real plan, but thanking God that she is safe and that he wasn't, you know, able to pull her through that window. Next, we have another story that definitely could have had a worse ending. A Indiana man was arrested after his four-year-old son was captured on security camera. <clears throat> excuse me, was captured on security camera footage um, alone and nothing but underwear, playing with a loaded gun in his apartment complex hallway. Police say they responded to a 911 call from a neighbor reporting that a young boy wearing only a diaper had a chrome handgun and was pointing it at people. Reports say when officers knocked on the family's apartment door, the child was the one who answered the door. Police say the father... Shane Osborne, who is 45, reportedly told police he was ill and had not realized that his son had left the apartment. According to the police report, he advised there was not a firearm in the home, nor did his son have any toy guns, and later added that he had no guns due to a past felony conviction, according to the report. Osborne allowed the police to come in and search the home, which yielded no gun in plain view, and the officers left, according to the police report. As they were leaving, though, a neighbor then flagged the officers down as they were leaving the building and showed them security camera footage of the incident in which the child could be seen walking around the upstairs landing of the apartment with the silver and black handgun. So the officers returned to the apartment to conduct another search, during which Osborne repeatedly told police that he does not have a firearm, but that a relative may have left one in the apartment. According to the police, when the officers asked the child, where did he put his pew, pew, the boy (laughs) led them... (laughs) The boy led them to a roll-top desk that contained the handgun. According to the report, Osborne was arrested for neglect of a dependent and his son was transported to his mother's home. Police say final charges will be determined by the county prosecutor's office. The baby could have killed himself, y'all. He could have killed his father or he could have killed some innocent bystander. Again, thanking God that no one was harmed. Lastly, before we get to our official wow story of the week, we have the Internal Revenue Service. Yes, the IRS is warning everyone your refund check could be much 
smaller this season. They say refunds are going to be drastically reduced because many of the benefits provided during the pandemic have officially reached their conclusion. For example, this year they're saying that the child tax credit will return to pre-pandemic members. They say in addition to smaller refunds, filers should expect a longer turnaround time as the IRS says it is still suffering from staffing shortages. So tax preparers, they're saying if you are planning to use your refund for a big purchase or to pay off a bill, experts are encouraging planning ahead and filing as early as possible. And now for our official wow story of the week, a woman by the name of Anita, who is uh, a life coach, says many people are going overseas to get BBLs, which has, of course, been known to have some very serious consequences. And for her friend, she says it cost her her kidney. According to Anita, her friend, who who she does not name, went to the Dominican Republic for liposuction and a tummy tuck and a butt lift, but then started experiencing problems once she was back in the States. She says her friend was complaining about body pains, headaches, and stomach pains. She says she went to the doctor, and they ran tests and determined that her kidney count was very low. They asked her if she had had any surgeries recently, and she tells them that she just recently recently went and had a BBL. So they do a CAT scan and determine that she only has one kidney. She says her friend tried to find the doctor, and, of course, the doctor was nowhere to be found. The woman says her friend paid $3,500 for the cosmetic procedure and thought that she was getting a still. Little did she know the doctor was the one getting the still. She says her friend is still suffering mentally, emotionally, and physically and is now on medication. So Anita wants to share this story in hopes that this BBL trend will die down. No one needs a BBL as far as I know, so please stop risking your lives on these procedures. She went in to have this BBL done and winded up having her kidneys stolen. And that's just one story of a bunch of people who who died from these procedures, who found out that they were injecting all sorts of crazy things into their bodies in order to get these big butts. So I'm right along with Anita. These things are not necessary. Let them go. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on my Facebook. My username there is Vivian B.M. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Vivian? You have outdone yourself today, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm just kind of surveying my notes here, hoping that I got uh, all kinds of uh, 
all the information. Um, I want to go back to story number two, please, to make sure I have everything where the man tries to abduct the woman through the drive-thru, you said, when she went to pass the bag. He then pulled her and tried to zip-tie her hands. Yeah, she was passing him back his change because he paid with cash, which who does that anymore? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she was passing him his change, and he tried to pull her through the the drive-thru window and zip-tie her hands. Some people said that they've seen seen the video, and it looked like he was trying to zip-tie her neck, but the uh, article says he was trying to zip-tie her hands. So how did she manage to get away? She just pulled herself back. She pulled her arms back away from him, and she was able to get away. Okay. Ooh, all righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the employees have mace, tasers, and what else? I'm sorry. Uh, Mace, tasers, and a – let me go back. Hold on. Make sure I get it right. Oh, mace, tasers, and a panic button. Okay. Woo. All right. Hang around, Viv, please, just in case we might need you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you. You have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. All righty. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I was just talking to... uh our lady Tamika, we're like, okay, we don't know what Vivian's going to come over tomorrow. Well, we do now. <laughs> uh, let's get to talking to our women of worship. Let's say good morning to our Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning. Good morning to you, to all of our sisters and listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning to you, too. Thank you for this morning's prayer. Um, always stimulating um, on a Wednesday morning to get us started. So we thank you Amen. for just continuing to do what God has called you to do. Um, where do we start, Elder Natisha? I guess we need to start at the top. Oh, my, oh my goodness. God. So Vivian has quite outdone herself this morning. Like she said, all the <laughs> stories are pretty much wild stories. And we start mm-hmm. with this. Um, high school football team whose mm-hmm. um, head coach decides that he's going to force them to do 400 push-ups without water. Um, I would hate to even think that this was supposedly consecutively. Um, but now, um, you know, quite a few of the students had to be rushed to the hospital. And now one um, student has some muscle tissue issue, and um, after spending a week in the hospital, uh, now, you know, the coach has been placed on leave. Um, is that enough? Is that, you know, um, not enough? Uh, you know, we, we put our children in these uh, sports to for discipline and, you know, athletic you know, interest and ability. Uh, let's get to chatting. Yeah, I, this. You know, I I watched a, a program 
uh, with my husband uh, about like these young guys being coached, and it's it's always been my thought that it was just very aggressive, right? And it perpetuates this idea that aggression is needed to make and to mold young men into being men. That if you are going to survive, right? Like there is this overwhelming need for aggression to be, you know, um, applied upon our, um, our kids and specifically our men of color. And so while we do know that being a man of color in America is challenging, is difficult, I don't know if um, overdoing it in one practice is what's going to make that happen. Um, and I also I think that, you know, the idea of control power is necessary. Like when you when 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 you have a group of young men that are vulnerable to a coach because I'm trusting you, you know, to help us to get to where we need to go as a team, to help me to get to where I want to go personally with my goals and my career in sports. So I am submitting myself to you. And so now when a, right. a, a parent submits their children to a coach and when a young man submits himself to a coach, that coach is supposed to have power within control because there is a level of power that he has, you know, in being given that, that, that position, that opportunity. But there right. has to be some control and there has to be a hierarchy to whom he answers to. Right. Um, checks and balances are always needed and necessary, I think, to kind of help remedy these type of things. In terms of what the penalty should be for him, I think that, yes, he ought to be on leave without pay. But I also think that the school should be held responsible because, again, it's the checks and balances. Right. We mm -hmm. put so much and hope into the coach and then the right. team backs away and leaves it all on the coach. But, no, I think if we can teach the schools and penalize even the school, that'll change the way that these sports programs are ran. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, you know, once these children are placed into these coaches' hands, it's almost like the school authorities start walking off. You know, because they're only looking at the results. You know, so if it's a football right. team, you know, are they ready for the football game? Are they ready to win? You know, they're not looking at, you know, the, the, the practices and, you know, the, the mm -hmm. methods that are being used um, to train these kids most times. They're just looking for the results. And right. that's the sad part about it because, like you said, this hands-off type of thing because I'm trusting you. So here you have the students trusting coach. You have the parents trusting coach. You have the school authorities touch, uh, trusting coaches. There's a whole lot of trust being put out here. So, you know, mm -hmm. thank God that this is a high school and it's not, you know, a, a lower, like an elementary school. So there's a lot to be um said for like you this trusting um aspect uh thank you for joining us this morning let's talk to our lady tamika and see what she has to say about this high school coaching thing good morning lady tamika Good morning and happy Wow Wednesday to you. 
How are you this morning? I am doing well. How are you this morning? I am well, thank you. I'm wowed this morning. <laughs> what you exactly. got to say about head coach and his shenanigans and, you know, behavior? Now, the responsibility of a coach, a trainer, um, you know, they have a level of authority. But my job is to push you beyond what you think, but not to an extreme. You know, um, for instance, if you say, oh, I can't do five five push-ups, I'm there to guard, to govern, to give you that push. You know, know, I've seen plenty of times where people automatically say, oh, well, I can't do that. You know, um, I have a trainer, and she's good for, you know, well, we say we're going to do 16, you know, leg, leg lifts, and before you know it, we've done 23 or we've done 50. You know, but that's reasonable. You know, you're talking about youth um, and you not providing them water. Water helps you replenish the body in the midst of your workout. You know, we've seen instances, um, I remember in Atlanta where they were playing football and the coach wouldn't allow them to get water either. Um, And a a youth died, you know, because he, he didn't have access to water. Water is essential. You know, and it's one thing to, you know, because I work out a lot, it's it's one thing to say, no, you're not getting your water break now, we'll get it later. But to completely forbid someone to get water, you know, and then this astronomical amount of push-ups, you know, um, even myself, I I had went through a uh, push-up kick. And if you're not doing that thing right, you know, if you're not doing exactly right, it can really... Um, cause some issues with shoulders, back, your lower ab, your lower back area, um, all of the spine. If you know, and and as youth, you may not necessarily know how to do it. You know, it, it looks it, it, a push-up looks simple, but there's a structure to it for a reason. You know, and so my my concern is when when we're talking about these coaches, you want to give them the the provision to do what's necessary. But then you have coaches that do things like this. You know, you have coaches that manipulate males and females. We've had coaches that um, have assaulted or, you know, um, uh, uh, physically, you know, made, uh, um, I can't find the word now, but, you know, um, just have their way with some of the females, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and so, you know, it's sad because, it's like, you know, for those coaches that are doing their job, that are doing what they're supposed to do, you know, it makes it seem like, okay, well, I can't do this and I can't say that. You know, um, for instance, if you've got a male coach that's teaching a, let's say, female basketball team, you know, you tie his hand. Now he can't do anything. He can't say anything. You've got to be cautious about what he does, what he says. He can't put right, his hand right. on a female shoulder. You know, there's so many different guidelines. So when you, you know, and I, and I hear Elder Natisha's point, but then it's like, how do you find that fine line that says, I can do this, but I can't do that, or I can handle this, or, you know, I can give them. Of course, you know, allowing somebody to do 400 push-ups is ridiculous, but you have to have a limit, and then who's there to guard? You know, do you have a coach and then a sponsor, you know, someone who's just there to watch, you know, doesn't necessarily, you know, and then if, if something has happened, then at that point you make the move, you know. But 
it, it becomes quite difficult on what to do, how to do, and how to handle. Absolutely, absolutely, you're right. And, you know, you ask a very valid question, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the thank God that they're in high school. And, you know, we just have to teach our children when we're sending them to school to know the limit, you know, okay, so like you said, if somebody wants to, if they want you to do 25 push-ups and then they try to push you to 30, that's one thing. But 400, you know, at what point, you know, do you as a child, as a student say, okay, you know what, we're going to have to sit this one out because this is just, this is outrageous without this whole, well, you're being disrespectful thing. Because sometimes you'll see this in action where, and this is what I want to bring to you, Shanties, as a younger individual, before I say good morning, um, just giving you kind of like an idea of where, you know, I'm thinking, you know, when you are in this, this, this training and somebody says, okay, you've gone through the first 100 and now there's no water break and then now it's okay, we're at... 200 and there's no water break you know a lot of times you see these um people in authority they love to yell disrespect oh they're just so disrespectful and blah 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 but yet this is a time where they have to stand up for themselves this is a time where they have to say hey uh, you know what I'm, I, I'm just not going to go any further. In all due respect, I'm not going to go any further. You're either going to give us water or we're not going to go any further. You know, I, how do you even, you know, um, uh, like like uh, Lady Tamika said, you know, you, you're not going to put somebody else in there, but they're like other coaches and other trainers and things like that who also need to be responsible enough to say Hey, you know what? Kids take a break. You know, don't move. I'll be back. Where the head coach, like Elder Natisha says, is not going all over, you know, overboard. And now, hey, you ain't got nothing to say. You got to deal with this and now end up with some type of an issue physically. Good morning, Shantice. Now. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Don't let me not ask how are you doing. Good morning. How are you doing? Thank you. Good. Okay, so what are we talking about here? What are we talking about in as far as the limitation and how far you go before you actually respectfully say, okay, you know what, this this is a little too much? Good morning. Because you need me to do 40 instead of 20 because, you know, 20 is where I'm comfortable. Uh, Okay, I'll do the 40. Okay, come on, come on. I need you to do another 20. I need you to do okay. But now if I'm telling you I need five seconds to breathe, I need 10 seconds to breathe, I need some water, and you're yelling at me because I, I'm sure this wasn't said calmly to do 400 push-ups. You know, now I have to calmly let you know I'm not doing it anymore right now. Before I pass out, I need to sit and just drink some water real quick. Give, give me like five minutes. No, you need to get over here. And I would just look at you because, again, you know, this is me. This is my body. You know, no one can tell someone else ultimately how they're feeling physically. 
So now you're you're pushing them, and a lot of them do like to yell disrespect. Because as long as you're not doing what they want you to do, you're being disrespectful. But as a child, you know, I do have to learn how to now stand my ground and let you know this is unhealthy for me and I'm not doing this without getting beside myself. I don't have to curse. I don't have to raise my voice. But I'm not going to allow you to now make me sick or kill me because now I I, I don't pass out when I'm here dead and you're just going to step over my body and yell at the next person. We're, We're not doing this. No, so I'm going to step aside, sit on the bleachers, and I'm going to drink my water. If Oh, well, you won't be playing in the next game. Well, if I'm dead, I won't be playing anyway. So carry on. But, you know, these children really do need to learn. There's nothing wrong with calmly and respectfully. If I know that you're now being disrespectful to me because I'm letting you know I cannot do this. Not I don't want to do this. I cannot do this. Like, this is a bit much, but yet you're still pushing and yelling at me. No, I'm going to have to sit myself in a corner, and I'm going to just calmly, after this practice is over, I'll go and I'll speak to Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so and let my parents know so that now I put this situation in their hands because now it's past, you know, what I'm supposed to be handling. Now I put this in their hands so that they can now deal with this situation. You know, because as a child, we, you do have to also understand that once it gets past a certain point, I, I don't have anything to do with this anymore. Now I have to put the ball in my parents' court, put the ball in the principal's court or assistant principal or whomever is, uh, you know, above that coach or that teacher. So, yeah, they, they just have to understand how to just calmly say, yeah, no. I'm going to sit over here, and I'm going to have to take these breather. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we're talking about you sending your child to school, and then you get a phone call, you know, that, oh, they're in the emergency room, and when you get there, you find out something like this is going on. So, you know, it's 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 very important that we – you know, encourage our children to speak up at the time because it's easy to say, well, come home and tell me, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, you know, you have to teach them the balance, teach them the balance. Oh, ladies, 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 you know, are we getting so desperate now to abduct people? I can't wait for you to walk to your car. I can't wait for you to walk to your building. I can't wait, you know, for another opportunity. But I'm trying to pull you through the drive-through window. Lady Tamika, what in the world? I'm trying, now I'm going to hand you back your change, and now you're zip-tying my hands. Exactly. I feel, (laughs) sir, I am trying to do my job. What in the world is going on in your sick, twisted mind, you know, that, you know, you just decide you're going to disrupt everything because of whatever it is that you're going on and whatever's going on in your mind, your body. I mean, of all places to abduct somebody, I guess, you know, when you're thinking about abducting somebody, you don't, I guess, think about, you know, who, what, when, where, you're just doing it. But, like, to try, I thank God that the woman, you know, was safe, you know, but just thinking about that whole thing, that's, that's traumatic and, 
And you don't know what kind of stress you cause on this lady now because, you know, anytime that drive through window opens, she's going to be concerned. You know, is that, is, that, is that him, you know, or you see a vehicle that looks anything remotely, you know, if you even remember that part because, you know, that, that moment is traumatic and it's, it's a panic-stricken. So now, you know, she may not necessarily ever want to do drive through anymore. You know, she said, let me, let me serve the people on the inside, you know. Uh, just ah, this, uh, it just yeah, keeps great. getting you know stranger and stranger and worse and worse and people just keep doing uh, just coming up with more and more treacherous things to do to other people. You know, it, it seems like ever since the pandemic, it has gotten like the the gimmicks of people and the things that people would try to damage someone else's life has gotten far worse. And we still need to keep praying. Don't ever stop praying. Absolutely, Lady Tamika, absolutely, because these days you don't even know what you're praying for. <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, I, it's, I, it's, it's bad enough I, I can't take a certain shift, but now even when I'm on my shift in the middle of me handing you back your change, Matisse, you know, I got to worry about you zip tying me down and, okay, think about it, ladies. Here's something that just crossed my mind. How many times have we seen, um, like, some a movie and, you know, he drives through, he's, he pulls up to the window, and she's like, girl, you need to see this one here in this car. <laughs> That's where her head goes. You know, she's that quick, that quick, that quick, quick thinking. Um, and and he's even thinking quick on his feet as he's thinking. Oh, Shantice, you've been in the service industry. What are we talking about? Well, I just got a, a comment from a listener that said they need to take some tips from the bodega and have the, the 24-hour swivel window. You know, some bodegas. So we were talking about that, and I said, access, that just means that I no longer patronize your store for the day. Once you lock your door, and now I'm supposed to walk up to this window for you to hand me a ginger ale and a bag of chips. Absolutely not. So see, there's just too many points my eyes are going to have to hit that I, I don't want to have to do that on point to go to the store. But now you're talking about a, a drive-through. Like, what? So at what point did this become the plan? Did you order the nuggets? Did you say, all right, let me get a six-piece with a strawberry lemonade? And then when she said, okay, that'll be eight ninety-five. as you're driving from the mic to the window, you said, I'm going to try to put her in this car. Or were you like the other guy with the, who, who, killed, who killed the Uber driver? Was this a plan from the night before? And you meditated on this throughout your dream when you went to bed and you woke up and said, all right, whichever fast food restaurant I want to patronize today or tonight, I'm going to try to pull something. Like, at what point does this become a plan and why? And did you really think she was in the restaurant by herself? So when the co-worker walked past and saw her legs dangling because they're trying to pull her through the window, what do you think they were supposed to do? Just stand there and say, okay, come on, you got to hurry up because the car behind you got to pull up. Like, what? The, the mentality is scary. 
I wouldn't want to work in a, a, a fast food restaurant at all. Forget whether you're going to drive through the inside, whether I have to throw it out the door. I would not want no part of no restaurant anymore because it, it's just way too much to now be concerned with, you know, and I don't know, you know, what time of night this was. I don't think Vivian said what time of night. But then it also makes me think about, like, around where we live, there were so many times we have a McDonald's where they had to drive through and close, you know, the inside. And now you got people walking up to the window. Absolutely not. No, I don't even want to drive through this drive through with people walking up to the window. Because, again, it is too much I have to think about. Am I going to have to run you over before I get to the window to grab my food? I don't know. It's just too much you have to contend with. So I, I'm pretty sure she is very traumatized. You know, no matter how tough she is or anything, it's just way too much now that you're going to have to concern yourself with. And it, it, it's really like, I would really love the opportunity to sit with someone like him and just be like, at what point was this a plan? I would really love to know. When did you come up with this? You know, Elder Natisha, I'm listening to Shanti speak. And, you know, part of me says, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Not part of me. The whole part of me says, you're absolutely right. Because how has this become a plan when the window is only but so big? So now not only do you have to plan how you going to do this, but now you got to look for a person who fits this bill. Well, she's got to be a size three because only a size three would get through the window. So, yeah, it just showed that there was just a bad, there ain't no, there's no plan in there. But, you know, they've now um, given tasers, mace, um, uh, a panic button, you know, things like this. And to think that in actuality, there may be no time to even grab those things. Well, what's your thought on that? I think when you are, you know, faced with flights, a fight, you know, you are going to reach for whatever you can to get out of a situation. When you and you don't want to, when fear kicks in, you're going to grab whatever you can. Whatever is near you is what you're going to grab to get out of a situation. And so if they're able to have those things on their person or near them, hopefully, you know, it'll be able to help them get out of, out of the situation. But I think, you know, to the point of there not being a plan, it just really speaks of how brazen the enemy has become, right? Like just completely brazen. No longer do we have to wait until it's dark outside. No longer are we concerned about cameras. Like all of those things are in play when you are going through a drive through restaurant. Your license plate, like, you know, able to identify you, all of those things um, are in play at drive through restaurants. And so this was just brazen. This was really just brazen, and it goes to show how when we allow space for the enemy, right, and we understand that the enemy is the prince of the air, and so when we allow space for the enemy, like it's like Pastor Kim would say, last in evil days for sure because the enemy is more and more brazen. It's not just at nighttime that we are in danger. We have to be aware of our surroundings at all times. Absolutely, because, again, you know, He's at the point where you can't see me coming. You know, I, I I don't do things in broad daylight anymore. I don't do things when you would be expecting to see me. I've got to catch you off guard. And when you go to give me change and I have now snatched both your hands, 
you are definitely caught off guard, you know. Um, mm. Thank God that, you know, however she managed to get away, probably the, the, the size of the window was a big hindrance to just being able to pull anyone through like a child would have been able to get through the window, you know, a little quicker and easier. But thank God for even the size of the window that, you know, prevented him from being successful um, with this. But definitely, you know, the enemy is, you know, don't, don't, I'm not going to let you see me coming. I'm not going to let you see me coming. All right. Now, this here, to me, was the wow story. The four-year-old who's captured on camera in his underwear alone, you know, wielding a gun, um, and you're asking dad, and dad has no idea that this is going on, supposedly. Um, you know, it's up and down, you know, saying, hey, you know, it's not my gun. I don't have a gun. You know, the child is in the, the foyer of the or the lobby. So you have no idea that your child is even outside, you know, when the police come. The child answers the door. It's, it's like, good Lord. You know, negligence? Oh, I, I, I don't even think there's a word. Um, for this, and after you know the police leave the the apartment, you know it takes a neighbor to show that um you know the uh the the uh, the footage, and now the child has to be asked, "Where's your gun?" you know, and Vivian gives like a descriptive a sound pew pew you know and the and the child takes them to a rolling desk. So it, all right, Shuck, I'm done talking. What you got? I think you're done talking because it's like, what do you say? How How is it that this child can get a hold of this gun like this and play with it as if it's really a toy gun? Like, okay, this is just, you know, just goes along with the blocks and and the jump rope and whatever other toys you have for your child. They're just playing all carelessly, all willy-nilly. And where, where are you? Why is there a weapon like this in the house? And why is there a weapon like this in the house where this baby is able to get access to it this easily? And not only get it, but how long was he playing with this gun that now someone was able to have, you know, have footage of him playing with, with this gun. It is negligence 100%. And these parents really, there really has to be something done to, to these parents in order for a message to be sent that this should not be around them at all. It should not be in their reach. And this, you will be penalized in these ways if your child gets a hold of it. Because what kind of story would have been had he now turned the gun to himself and shot himself, you know, because I'm playing with it. No safety on. You you thinking, you know, there's no magazine in the gun, but there's always that one gun in the chamber and all that. It, I'm sorry, one bullet in the chamber and all that. It, it's just, it, this is way too much, too much carelessness. First, if you're not leaving the kids in the car on purpose, now you're giving them the guns on purpose, making it seem like you say you don't want your kids 
Let's say, because it's like now, I, I feel like Sasha Charlotte now. I, I'm, I'm really finding it a little hard to believe that everybody who's accidentally leaving a gun around their child. You know, leaving a gun, and I hope I hope the child finds it. And now, okay, if they, they didn't hurt themselves this time. But it's like, how are you this careless? All righty, all righty. Elton Atisha, what's your thought? I feel like the four-year-old was completely in control of the entire house. <laughs> this little boy, it was he was the he was completely in control. He was the one who answered the door for the cops. Mm. He was the mm. one who the cops didn't search the house. They couldn't find the gun. They got to come back after seeing video footage and ask him, hey, what'd you do with your gun? And then he uh-huh. had to go and take them to the gun. Uh-huh. He, was in com- he was in complete control. And I think, right, kids model what they see. And so his entire behavior, he was functioning as a mature, uh, a mature person. He was functioning much more mature than his age. And kids model what they see. So this behavior, whether it was in music videos, which is why we got to shield our children and watch what they're looking at on television, whether it was what he saw being played out um, by way of his father in the household, like whatever he saw over at his mom's house, he was modeling what he has seen um, in terms of of behavior, which is why I don't think it's cute. These are all these little sassy reels and stuff like that of kids on social media and stuff, and these kids are just so grown and acting grown and, and, and functioning in ways Absolutely. that are well beyond their age, and the people are laughing and thinking it's cute. It's not cute because then nope. we have we have situations like this. Negligence is absolutely in play for, on so many accounts. You so ill that you don't even know where your four-year-old kid is at. Nonetheless, you don't even realize that he has a gun and that the gun is accessible to him, that he's able to go back to it. So whenever he wanted to play with it again, he could he had the ability to go right back to that desk and get the gun and continue playing with it and potentially, you know, like someone mentioned, killing himself or killing any of the neighbors or, or, or anyone. Just, ugh. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, my thought, um, Lady Tamika, is, you're so out of it that he's going in and out the apartment. They have footage of him in the hallway. So how many times had he actually gone in and out the apartment? Um, he knows that when someone knocks, you answer. Oh, my gosh. Um, and he he sees that you're not answering, so he answers. You know, it, it, what else is he doing? Is he feeding himself? Is he changing his own diaper? It, what else, you know, have you laid there and done nothing? Because clearly, he did, did, there's no supervision whatsoever, Lady Tamika. That was, that was my thought to begin with. Because, you know, I remember um, in my childhood... <laughs> The phone rings, you're not answering it. <laughs> the door, yep. the door, I don't care how many people are in the house. The doorbell That's rings, right. you're not answering it. You know, mm-hmm. as for, I remember, you know, even as a teenager, I couldn't just walk out of my house 
you know, we had, you know, there was a certain way, and, and now that I think about it, I think the door still does it. I, I'm not paying attention. When you open the door, it makes a certain sound. Where you going? Who you going with? You know, what time are you coming back? You know, that, that type of thing. There's nothing, none of that. So this child has the reign to open the door, has the ability to sit outside, you know, with whatever. So nine times out of ten, you're laying on the couch, you know, whether you were sick or not, you know, we have to be vigilant as guardians, whether you're the parent, whether you're the godparent, whatever it stands you're in, you know, there are a lot of guidelines that you need to be doing, you know, so I can see this child getting up in the morning, getting on a step stool or, you know, almost hurting himself on the, on the, uh, what do they call that little thing, the little chair that the children, you know, climb up on, you know, so you mm-hmm. get up on the climb, climb mm-hmm. up there, try and get to the refrigerator, get your own cereal, climb back down, open up the refrigerator, get your milk. This is the type of child, you know, this child is doing everything that he wants to do. And here's the other thing. Even if you had somebody who came over and did that, you need to check your parameters. When somebody comes to my house, whomever they are, you know, that what, whatever room they're sleeping in, you know, you, you change the bed. You, you know, you check everything. You know, you, you, is, is this a spare room that you don't go into? You know, how is it that you were not privy that, you know, someone, whether friends, family, came over and left something, you know, and the child was aware and you're not aware, you're not paying attention. You're clearly not vigilant enough to do what needs to be necessary. Guard your environment. Guard your child. Guard your household. Guard it all. It's important. You know, also, <laughs> just thinking about it, you know, you, you got people that or maybe family members that may come by and you're saying, you know, I don't want cousin such and such because, you know, they're a roughneck. I don't know what they have on them. You know, I don't know if they have drugs, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain people that you automatically say, oh, no, you can't come to my house. You know, we can hang out at your house or we can go to right. another place or we can meet up, but you're not coming to my house because, you know, I don't want my child or, you know, I don't want, you know, that being a part of my environment. I don't want your children, you know, hanging with my children. Let's just be realistic. You have to guard your environment. And if you're not doing so, this is what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've done several stories in 22 of children getting in the back of a car and, there's, you know, a gun going off, um, you know, even to the point of there being a sheriff, um, you know, he had somebody in the car supposedly who left the gun in the back seat, and the child got a hold of the guns. You know, we have to be, like you said, a lot more vigilant about you know who we have coming because you know you're unsavory people. You know, you you know Ray Ray was there. You know he's unpredictable, and you don't know what he gonna do or what he gonna leave. And that's if this was the real story. So you don't even know if this was the real story because they go, you know, Pastor Charlotte's thought crosses my mind. This could be the conspiracy theory. All right, ladies, Elder Natisha, you got the first leg on this one. You know, the IRS is is warning everyone that you know the numbers could be drastically reduced because a lot of things that they were, you know, doing and giving and um, you know giving concession for that pandemic. Is over, and even your child tax credit um, will go back to the pre-pandemic numbers, um, the, the the times, you know, the the return time is going to be longer, um, 
you know, plan ahead so you're not, you know, sitting patting your feet um, for these checks, in other words. Um, Should we be at a point where, all right, you went through this during the pandemic. He said, you, you know, you're down or whatever. Is this something that, you know, we should still be expecting that they're still down? Should they have done more to prepare for tax time? Um, I know they just closed the last year's tax time in October, so they haven't had that full year like they've normally had. What's your thought on what they're telling us to prepare for? I mean, I, I, I do think this is part of the implications from the pandemic, right? Like, I mean, we're still dealing with the implications of uh, individuals who have died. So the decrease in staff, and specifically in those type of positions, uh, were individuals who've been with them for a number of years um, and may have been of the older generation. And so I think we've seen all across the, the, the business market and even in nonprofit, you've seen um, – a decline in staff um, because of it. A number of reasons why. One, we've learned how to automate, right? So we don't have to actually have people doing the work. We've learned how to automate and, and, and you know, outsource to be able to get these things done. So I, I think this is still an implication from the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, like, I never got no money back anyway. <laughs> because of the tax bracket that I fall into. And and, and I didn't even get part, half of the things that they gave out um, for help right. during the pandemic. Right. And I think it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those scenarios where um, the people who need the help suffer again. So it was the individuals who needed the help that you mm-hmm. gave all of this help to that right. are also still needing their checks. They're still needing all of those mm-hmm. those those tax credits and things that you gave to people, those things are still needed because businesses are recovering. We're not fully back as, as a nation. We've not, Mm -hmm. we've not recovered. And so if you want us to understand that you've not recovered, (laughs) um, then why is it that you are expecting that uh, we have recovered and we should be okay and make, you know, um, things okay with with a reduction in what can be expected. So I think mm-hmm. you know, even there, it's it's not there's this it's not fair. There's there's not a fairness to it because you want us to understand and have patience. Like, hey, as a result of the pandemic, these are the things that you know are being done, and we ask for your patience. Well, the other person on the other side of that can say. Well, can you also uh, give us some patience? We still need those tax credits because our jobs and things have not returned to normal. Most people still don't have a full 40-hour work week because of the fact that the businesses haven't recovered. So they're not employing people at full, um, at full-time, at full, you know, work weeks. So people still are depending on those, those checks. It's unfortunate. Absolutely, absolutely, and you've cut my numbers, and you're making me wait longer um, really leads to a level of unrest in the people because people are not 
thinking of the points that you're bringing up, Elder Nitisha, that, you know, they're still trying to recover. They're still trying to get themselves together. They're still, you know, I I filed taxes. I didn't get it for two years. I Just one day the check just popped up in the mail. I didn't even realize it was coming through the mail. Um, no. But that, that's, yeah, I, I just, my 2019 check came through in 2021. You know, um, so they're they're backlogged, especially for those who cannot do it electronically. Um, you know, they they were coming down to like f- still 15 days for a lot of people, and more people had to wait a little longer. But for those of you know that have to mail their man, they were like two mm. years out, and it, it, it's wow. been it's a, a, a wait. Um, and thank God, you know, like uh, myself. Lady Tamika, I didn't have, I wasn't stressed. You know, God positioned me where I wasn't like scratching my head or, you know, we weren't hungry or bills weren't backed up. But the the, the reality is they ain't thinking about that when, you know, they ain't thinking about how you making out when uh, this is my bread and butter. You know, everybody's looking forward to these checks at the top of the year. Right. You know, there there are a multiplicity of households that depend on, you know, just to be able to make it, you know, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard family members, well, you know, I, I'll wait till my taxes come in and do such and such and such, you know, now, in a situation like that, we're not talking about, you know, Shanquasia, who decides, you know, that she needs that barbecue <laughs> at the beginning of the year. We're not talking about her, you know, we're talking about somebody who has been pushing every year, you know, doing what needs to be done, couldn't even afford, you know, certain things because they said, well, you know, such and such, little Johnny needs a sweater, you know, a coat for the winter, and I'll just wait till my taxes come so that I can get him something that's necessary, a winter coat. You know, it gets cold out here. And, you know, just trying to, you know, I'll take care of this. You know, something is broken down in the house. You know, you always wait to that, that end of the year, beginning of the year to take care of it. Now, you know, you say, I got to wait. How how long? You know, how, how long do I have to wait? You know, you think about also, um, we've had a mass hiring for police officers and other positions. I understand that the dynamics have changed. You know, is it that the resources have changed so much that you couldn't employ them? You know, because I, I noticed um, in previous years, I don't know if anyone else has paid attention, but there used to be advertisements for those who – you know, would might might want to a position in H and R Block or some other facility um, that you know, or business that does that type of thing. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking about it, you know, um, is this like a slapback from you know us getting the stimulus checks because you know we got that money. So now, is that you know for somebody this feels like a punishment? Listen, I I got that money. I needed the money. Now you're taking you know now you're just holding me responsible for something that wasn't, that was completely out of my control, you know, is that a slap back to me now? It makes things, it makes you think about all types of things. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you were talking, um, ladies, one of the things that came to my mind was, you know, there's been a, a, a reduction in income, which means that the businesses, um, 
have suffered as well in regards to their income. You know, you can't shop if you ain't got no money. So, therefore, they're barely hanging on um, as well. And, Shantice, you know, you think about um, even when you were working in this, the, the, as a server, how that sparked your tips. You know, this was tax time, and when tax time come and people out shopping, not only are they patronizing the stores, but they're now patronizing the restaurants. So it's the lack of income is hitting everybody because now as long as people are out shopping, they, they flooding the, the, the restaurants. And now the businesses have suffered as well, so now – as they're trying to get their momentum back, you worrying about where your money's at. <laughs> it's just a crazy cycle. What just you know, what what comes to your head? Well, real quick, as a server, you kinda of despise this time of year. Because yeah, they got money, but they ain't really tipping like that. Because they have you know, they went shopping and now after they go shopping they come and eat. And they'll spend money on the food, but they ain't really spending money on that tip. So if you don't know how to hustle and, and flip your tables and get your tables in and out, you're not really making, you know, money d- during this time. However, you're absolutely right, Pastor Steph. It's, you know, now that everyone has gotten this bonus, you know, that I'm getting all my money back in this season in one lump sum, you know, all of these stores and stuff, you know, everything is being patronized, and now if there isn't anything, I, I I got another comment from a listener that said, wait a minute, so first my eggs are $9, and now you're telling me I'm not getting a certain amount back for my taxes, and how am I supposed to afford these $9 eggs? <laughs> and, it's, and it's true. It's true. It's like you're raising the prices, but yet now you're telling me that not only am I going to have to wait a little longer to get my refund, but that now my refund is not going to be as much as it was before. And I thought the same thing Lady Tamika thought. So this is just their way of saying, listen, we hooked y'all up about three years ago. <laughs> Fall back. Okay? You will be all right. Learn how to make it work because we did what we needed to do when we wanted to give you a certain amount of money. And now you're, you're just going to have to deal with whatever we give you whenever we decide to give it to you. So I believe we're, we're dealing with that as well. Um, but it, there's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to go down. It, it's going to go down because, again, like you said, stores are not going to be patronized as, as often. Um, restaurants, you still may not find as many people in there, you know, like that. And they're really going to be even more skimpy on the tip. There's going to be a decrease in addition to decrease the attitudes. And if it's not even tax season, I'm already trying to pull the Wendy's girl through the window. I don't want to think about the plans people want to come up with, but now i got to wait for my money, and it ain't going to be as much as, as it used to be. I don't want to think of the plans that people may try to come up with. So it's going to be a mess somehow, some way. It's going to be a mess. Absolutely, and it's going to hit everybody. And you think about the weight um, and that's W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight on the IRS um, and, and trying to handle all of these returns in a quote-unquote timely fashion. Because, again, 
if they extended the filing season till October. I know somebody who just filed their taxes in October. I didn't even realize that there was an extension. They extended it till October. They're, 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 they're behind. They're already behind in this new season. So trying to, and they said, and I read even then, they still had thousands and thousands of returns that they had not completed, and here we are now. Because let me tell you something. People are so desperate. They don't even wait for W-2s to file taxes. All you really need, I'm, I'm sorry, not, yeah, the W-2s, I was saying it right. All you need is your last paycheck because the last paycheck has all those numbers on it. And I can't tell you doing uh, a payroll how they were patting their feet. You couldn't come back good from the from New Year's. Oh, uh, Steph, you know, you do you know what we get now? Yo, go somewhere. <laughs> we just got in the office. You know, so you, you think about the weight on the IRS to just produce, you know, as rapidly as possible, you know, to, to get it done. And it, it this 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 is pressure. This is really, really some pressure that they're under. Um a wild story, ladies. Uh, Miss Anita, Anita Life Coach talks about, you know, the the BBLs, and we talked about this during, you know, last year a few times, you know, where these people have run to other countries to get, you know, these, these butt lifts. And now her friend goes to get one of these BBLs, a tummy tuck, liposuction, and she comes back with one kidney. And, you know, as a person who's been under the knife several times, you know, that you, you always concern yourself with, you know, okay, God, it's in your hands, and please don't let them leave a tool in me. Please don't let them, you know, snip something. You know, but now you got to be completely concerned about an entire organ missing, and, you know, again, um, running to these other countries, you know, she paid maybe a little over 3500 and, you know, in the United States, um, you know, the numbers are different, but you're going to get a deal. You're going to get that steal, and this is what you end up with. Lady Tamika, we've talked about this before, but now... We're talking about a whole organ missing. We ain't talking about that one. <laughs> no, we haven't, you know, and, um, you know, I, it, it makes me think of a, a, a family member that I have. He, he might be listening in. You know, he, he has always, you know, said, watch your, watch your kidneys, watch your kidneys, you know. Um, whenever <laughs> we would go out of town, we would go to another state, you know, not necessarily another state, another country, you know, he'd be like, okay, make sure you got your kidneys, you know, don't, don't lay down, don't go to sleep too much, you know, sleep with one eye open, you know, and uh, I mean, he's been saying that for years, watch your kidneys, watch your kidneys, you know, so much so that we, we made it a tag phrase with my family, you know, and so um, with that being, you know, said, you, (laughs) that's, that's probably the least of, on your mind, but you know the the the, uh, the whole idea of 
I'm not good enough the way that I am, you know, um, and that I have to transition. It's one thing to do the research. If that's something that you choose to do, that's one thing. But, you know, uh, you're going to another country, you know, outside just to get a deal. You know, there's a whole lot of research that could have been done. You know, um, and this is not the first instance where we've seen, okay, it's cheaper over there, such and such. Cheaper is not always better. You know, cheaper, unfortunately, has other things that cause other issues. And, and, and my thing is um, she better be glad that, you know, a kidney was all that they took because they could have taken her life, as we have already seen. And so we have got to be really, really careful with the choices and decisions that we make because they are life-changing or they're life-ending. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, Shanti's. You know, outside of us, you know, even zoning in on, you know, um, you know, because everybody goes for these procedures for different reasons. You know, the desperation is is what you know we we tend to challenge. Where, you know, you really can't use whatever reviews and if that's what you're even getting to choose someone out of the country where you would risk your life um even there's some some sickies here in the United States that you you know have uh that people have had to deal with and they've lost their lives or there's been some botched jobs or whatever the situation is, but, you know, how do you address this issue of just carefully choosing and just not being desperate? Why are we still getting these procedures done? Like once I saw one of these reality shows, they created a reality show specifically to bring awareness the damage that these procedures do to the female body. And once I saw one lady show she could put her fist in her thigh because she was getting these butt injections and she caught an infection and it was eating away at her at her legs, the flesh of her legs, and she was getting holes in her legs. It was like if there was even a foot lying dormant in me, I give me a few thousand, I'm going to get this done. Absolutely not. Why are we still, and especially going to another country to get this done? There have been so many stories within that in itself about women either going by themselves or going with their friends or whomever to another country, um, especially Mexico. And now they come back with these horror stories. Either the butt is lopsided or you miss one butt cheek or whatever's going on. It's, it's just like, why is this still a plan? So now you go and you do this. Was your plan? So did you lay down and say, okay, I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to only give you 3500 Well, I ain't got the rest. So take a kidney. Like, what? I, I don't. It, it's, it's just too much. And there has been way too much information given as to why we should not want to do this again this is something optional and yet you're still willing to take the risk to go and get this done that that's that's the the main question i have is why are we still willing to do this why are we still willing to put 
our sanity and our physical state in jeopardy just so that we can try to look a certain way. And then I have another question for all these women. So when someone wakes up tomorrow and says, big butts are no longer in, the hourglass figure is no longer in, big breasts are no longer in, what are you going to do with what you just invested in? Because you can't give it back. What, what do you do? And so now you, you, you spent this money, you taking these health risks for what? It's just crazy. Uh, questions after questions after questions. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, and uh, be anxious for nothing. <laughs> when you put those two verses together, Elton I, Tisha, what do you get when you're talking about the desperation of making this modification um, to the point where you're just going to go and leap into, you know, an area that they have always been known for, you know, just being illegal, unethical, so forth and so on. I think to your original question of when you put be anxious for nothing and uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made together, what you get is acceptance of self. And I think that's the message um, that has to be um, digested and ingested. Um, it's a message that needs to really be widely um, put out there for women, but that it also needs to reach down into the lies of society that make you think that you need to be improving upon yourself that drive you to this point of putting yourself in such, you know, dangerous situations. And now I, I know I, I have friends who've, who've gone and done this and they will try to convince you up and down that this is not about anything else. This is about what I like and how I like to see my body. And yet we all have, you know, uh, a self-image that we want to see. What we also have to do is just be open and honest with what it looks like to age, what it looks like with the body types we have, learn how to dress the body types we have. I think there should be more effort in us accepting ourselves, learning how to work with what we have as opposed to modifying it because the whole idea of modification comes from this idea that you are not enough, that what God right. gave you originally yeah. in your makeup is not enough. And that's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie against creation. It's a lie against the masterpiece that you are, even if you don't see it as such. And why? Why don't you see it as such? Why do you see your, you know, your flat butt as, as something that's not perfect? Because you, the television shows and videos keep promoting women with big butts. Why? Why do you think your dark skin is not good enough? Because television and, and Hollywood and, and all these things, you know, promote lighter skin. Why do you think that your 4B hair is not good enough? Right? Uh -huh. Well, because of what society has told you is beautiful. But society <laughs> is greatly influenced by the enemy of our soul. And so right. you know, it's, it's, that, it's that awareness that I think is so crucial for us as women to really come to this place of acceptance, accepting of ourselves so that we are not just giving our money over to these crooks. 
You know, that's, you got a whole show called Botched. Like, it's, yep. it's, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Absolutely. There is Absolutely. no guarantee. They put you under the knife. There's no guarantee with what you're going to come out looking like. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's to Shantisa's point, you know, where now they've been able to make money off of the stuff that doesn't go right in your surgery. And mm-hmm. listen, it ain't no one or two episodes either. And nope. it's not no one or two body parts either. So you think if you look at it at that level and say, wow, you know, I'm really taking a chance on this. Um, Elton Atisha, you touched on something, and it's funny because I was going to ask um, you ladies, not in, even in this, um, you know, in this area, but to ask when you see someone you know, um, you know, who, like you said, you know, they're definitely going to try to justify and, you know, explain away, you know, why they needed to do this and why they needed to do that. And we all know that, you know, at the pit of it, at the nucleus, you know, it's just you're dissatisfied. And, you know, do you have that conversation with, you know, whether you feel it's going to work or not, do you have that conversation and say to the individual, you know, hey, blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to put any words out there, but or if you do, what do you say? Have, you know, you say you do know a few people who have had these procedures. Have you ever um, spoken uh, to them? And, and what was their response, Elden Atisha? Yeah, my my best girlfriend, who's like my sister. You know, we've been um, best friends since we um, were kids and uh, teenagers. And um, she did. She went in uh, 2019, and she went to the Dominican Republic. Oh, boy. When she she first started, you know, talking about doing it, she was trying to get me to get on the bandwagon when she was saving up the money. To do it, and I was like, I'm not interested. I, I would love to get rid of this, you know, this this stomach piece I got going on here. But I'm not interested in doing that. <laughs> um, right. And so we did. See, we had the conversation, and I was able to point out to her that regardless of how you're trying to convince me that this is just simply, you know, how you just want to touch up these areas. Here's where we knew that that wasn't a truth, because there were other areas in her life. That mm. that pointed to her need for mm. affirmation. Like okay. when when we're when we're talking to these individuals, without I can almost guarantee you that you can point out other areas in yep. your life yep. where there is a need for affirmation, or there is you know um, a desire to be better. Where the lie of not being enough exists. It doesn't only exist in one area. It is right. shown in right. their behavior in other areas of their life. And in our conversation, you know, I was trying, I made that connection. And here's the thing. So now she, that was about two years ago that she had this surgery. One, she was, I mean, and still experiences intense pain. Two years later, oh. she still pain in the muscles. Because now, not only do they suck the fat, she got a muscle tightening in her stomach, and they tightened the muscles so tight that 
it is painful for her. So, like, when she eats, it hurts. Oh. The, normal process, uh, the normal process of just eating food hurts her oh because God. they made the muscles in her stomach so tight. But, the, but here's the problem. Do you know the girl had the nerve to say to me the day before yesterday that she's ready to go back because they're still oh. hot? That that that, oh. that she still sees that imperfect on the side. That there's still a bud from her side angle. You can still oh. see a, a, a bulge. Oh my so goodness! It's it's it's, it's mental. It's it mental. is. Oh my goodness. You know, I say all the time, Elder Natisha, on here. You know, these things don't affect you in one part of your life. If you look exactly what you mm-hmm. said. If you just kind of take this life microscopically, you'll see that this issue reigns across the board. And it goes with the Bible verse that says, an unstable man is unstable in all his ways. You know, a person who's fearful of the dark, they're not just fearful of the dark. There are other areas of their life where they are fearful, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like you said, unless there's a renewal of the mind. It's not mm-hmm. going to make a difference. Um, oh, we're going to lift her up in prayer. We're definitely going to lift her up in prayer. And women like her, or men, you know, like her because, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's an attack. There's an attack that yeah. says this is who you should be and this is who, you know, God fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, there, of course, are going to be imperfections. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Lady Tamika, you know, we got you for a couple of minutes. Um, You know, have you had that experience with someone you know, and did you say anything, and how did that turn out for you? Or for that, you know, in the conversation. I always find that individuals, or maybe it's just the people that I know, that are going to do it, they're secretive. You know, they'll tell a few, they'll tell, you know, mm-hmm. but, and, mm-hmm. I, and I understand that it is your business, but there's mm-hmm. a reason for that, you know, because mm-hmm. I was offended mm-hmm. when a dear loved one of mine, she told me she was contemplating it, and then the next thing I know, she just went and did it, you know. And, you know, so then I asked, well, what was the reason? You know, well, um, I, I'm, uh, I want to go ahead and get it done, you know. And I understand this is the, 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 the um, mommy tummy. I get that, you know. But, like, you know, years later she's gotten it done and she's still kind of chasing the ball to get what she wanted, you know. Wow. And I find, you know, there's another individual that I know that's had it recently, you know, a, a, a different type of surgery. Now, hers was health-instructed. However, um, you, there's still components that, you know, are um, missing. The other thing about it, um, there's a lady that I know that had her eyebrows tattooed. She wanted them darkened, and she her eyebrows and her lashes thickened and something like that permanently. And she looked well when she first did it. Now, mm-hmm. when I look at her, it looks like she has a beard across her eyebrows. She's Ooh. she's grown a unibrow. Ooh. She's grown a unibrow, <laughs> and the other wow. part of her eyes, wow. they don't look right. You know, the lashes uh. are, are twisted, and, you know, I guess from sleep uh. and turning and that type of thing. The other thing that people don't realize is when you open yourself up to that 
um, environment, the likelihood of you having to go back for surgery again, whether it's that component or some other component is very, you know, because it's that whole idea of, I'm not good enough. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sorry. I'll dispute you all day and all night. There's some portion of you that is needing, that's looking for, you know, um, that, that extra, you know, that, ooh, girl, you look good, you know. And um, Elder Natisha is right. For every, every single one of us, there's not a woman alive that doesn't look at her body and say, you know, this could, 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 um, could get a little tweaking or a little turn or, or, or this or that. Um, but my thing is work with what you've got. You've got so much that somebody is attracted to. There's, an, a, there's a reason for an attraction from everybody, and you've got it. Use it, you know. You, you, there are all types of outfits that you can use to, to accentuate what is beneficial for you. Don't, you know, don't, don't go through these easy measures. Take, you know, take what it is that you've got and work with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. You ladies are just, like, knocking me over here. Uh, Shanti, what you got for us? Well, I actually had someone actually to accompany them to go to a consultation in Atlanta a few years ago. Um, and back then, of course, this was when, like, at the height of this really becoming a thing. So you really didn't hear about the dangers. And, but even with going down there with her, I remember sitting in the room. I was in the room during the consultation. She had to get undressed. You know, he didn't really mark her body up. But he was, you know, showing, like, okay, so we would have to take this. And I remember just sitting there, like, so instead of you just – because this is someone I, you know, I was around a lot. So, like, so instead of you not eating the third Twinkie or instead of you not drinking the fifth drink, instead of you working out, you're really going to come back down here and let this man cut you. And then he's telling her, like, because she wanted to get the, the transfer. So he would be taking fat from her stomach, I believe her legs, her thighs, and putting it in her butt. And he's like, you know, so you're going to have to be out of commission this amount of time, so on and so forth. You're going to have to sit on a donut and all that. And see, that part alone turned me off. Wait, wait, so that is a period of I can't sit down properly. And if I sit down the wrong way, then my butt may be lopsided and all that. I, and I remember she asked me, she's like, you think I'm crazy? And I was like, I think you're lazy. You know, and with me sitting in this room, listening to this man and watching him, you know, analyze your body and telling you where he's going to take back from all that, it just really, and now, fast forward to now, where we now have the scare story. You know, we have the, the true testimonies of women who regret, you know, K. Michelle devoted a lot of her time to now rallying up other women who got these procedures done to let women who are contemplating these procedures know, like, no, don't make this decision because she almost lost her life. You know, and this is an entertainer who, every, she said every time she turned around, her butt just wasn't big enough, so she went and got more injections. And if it wasn't big enough, she went and got more injections. And it's, it's, no, so if someone was to, you know, someone I call a friend, 
Photoshop pieces where I'm going to go, okay, so now I have to sit and put a PowerPoint presentation together and just let you see all the holes in the legs and, and this and that and the women who can't get out of bed and, and, and on top of me telling you that you're crazy because this is optional and, you know, my words may be a little more aggressive. But, no, we, we cannot allow this to now paint our minds to the point where, and I know what it is to drive yourself crazy over your look to the point where you literally wear yourself out. Absolutely not. I would not be a friend. I would not say I love you if I don't let you know how stupid you are for wanting to choose to let someone cut you and do something that if you would just take the time to learn how to be a little more disciplined, you would be able to get done on your own. It's just way too much. That, that we can attest to as to why we should not go through the things like this. Wow, talk about aggressive. <laughs> Jeez. Woo, baby. Um, ladies, your presentations, even with the aggression, um, have has been absolutely phenomenal today, to be honest with you. Um you know, I'm glad I wasn't contemplating. <laughs> you know, because, but in all honesty, all jokes aside, your, your your words have been really encouraging, and um, we give God thanks for your contribution today into today's conversation, and uh, we pray that you know you have a blessed day. Shanti's calm some of that aggression down. Um, you know. Cause Lord have mercy! Now you want me? You got me at a bridge, ready to jump over. Um, but thank you, thank you so much. All jokes aside, thank you so much for your your contribution today. It has been a phenomenal presentation. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Pastor Charlene, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, ladies, today? Well, how are you today? I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. Faith over fear. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Yeah, they done scared me already, so they done did my fear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was actually thinking about, um, as everyone was talking, of the lack of the love of Christ. Um, and weird that even when you were saying fearfully and wonderfully made and how he created us in the image of how he built our temple, that we should cherish it. That was one of the things that I was really thinking about when we do talk. I also know some people who some have talked about it, some have gotten it done, and my thing was, with them as what are you lacking in yourself because we look at the magazines we look at the the women on um television um the models and all of that and we always want to be something that we're not right um and i'm talking about body figures um and where when we get to that place it doesn't maintain it anyway because of the fact that we're going to get older, so things goes down, swing, drag. Um, 
So in the process of that, the mindset, you know, um, you do see some women that are in their 80s and 90s that look real good and they look like they could be 60, you know, um, but even not being a larger woman and being small, they droop as well, right? Um, and when we put on our clothes, we look one way. So my thing is, it's not about the body frame. When are we going to go and take care of the mind? Because I can say one time, well, I'm there now, but I was a 22 and I had dropped to a 12. But my mindset still stayed as if I was the same size. So even when I got on the train, I would look at a seat and say, oh, I know I can't fit, but not thinking of the body frame that I had then, right? Even though I didn't do a surgery, um, I just put my mind to it and was able to stay focused to do it. But when the women have come and talked to me about the procedure and I thought about something else can be missing, in your body because when you're going in surgery, and that's anything, how many people have went in for their toe and got on the right side and got their whole leg cut off, you know? So surgery in itself is a mind frame. So my thought with them was that love you, baby. Love for what you have, being able to know that God created us the way that we are, enhanced which you have of meaning in, in your, in your um, clothing. There's a way that you can carry yourself and wear that whatever your flaws is, mine is that gut, you know, there's a way of certain kind of blouses, certain kinds of dresses, certain kinds of jackets, that where you won't see that. You know, you have things now that you can wrap around you, those bands that they you wrap around you, where that you look, your sides will come in, you know, um, and you don't have to do the surgery. But make your mind, your mindset has to get to a place where that you love you. And don't worry about with other people because uh, there's men out here that love all kinds of women. And you don't have to be with that one who want, might want you to be able to go and get your breasts enlarged or whatever. It starts with you. What are you lacking? And what's sad about it is that it don't go from just you. It goes to your children. Because now our girls are watching. Girls around us are watching. You know, and we're that the mindset that we're teaching them because a lot of times this goes generations to generations if you look at some people, you know, and where that they think that they're supposed to be. You know, light-skinned girls want to be dark. Dark-skinned girls want to be light. Embrace who you are. Love who you are. Accept who you are. And that's one of the things of why we have so many people jumping on each other, want to fight each other because, I don't like you. Why you don't like her? Because of her hair, because of her shape, because of, you know, and so that mindset that we have, instead of saying, no, let's teach our little girls and not even, you know, how to love you. Love yourself of who you are. 
My hair might not be um, silky and flowing, but there's some beautiful um, women whose hair is not like that. You know, we have so many different styles, but it's us, it's us with on the inside that don't have that. And I had to teach my daughters because my, gir- my girls are dark like their dad. And they always say, well, I was the, always the white one in the family because I'm the lightest. And they would say, but why my skin isn't like yours, mommy? And nobody would ever believe that those are my kids. But I had to teach my girls, love who you are. Accept who you are. You don't have to get surgery. You don't have to do this. You don't have to, you know, so that's a fear for in this time and stage right here of now, that's what all these young girls are doing. You know, they think it's all about their they body, and it's not. It's where's your mind at? Because you might have a gorgeous body, but where's your mind at? Can you hold a conversation, you know? So your mindset, do you love you? And that's what we got to get to, of teaching these young ladies to love themselves and to accept who you are. And it's a big problem because it's all in the church. And they say, I love God. I know that this is God's temple, but you're not acting like that. You're allowing these things to go into your body, and you're not accepting who you are. And that's where it has to start because they're not teaching them at home. So now it's our turn for us to be able just to have these kind of conversations to sit down and to be able to teach them how to love them and accept who they are. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Charlotte, for your words of encouragement and guidance today and uh, another phenomenal presentation. Thank you for your contribution today, and we pray you have a blessed day. You do the same, mother. Thank you. Ah, oh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're down to less than ten minutes. Um, but you know, lifting up each and every one um, in this world who has such an issue with who God has made them. Um, to be, and they're dissatisfied, and we pray that, you know, the love of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made would just flow across them from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, and that they would be so blessed to even have individuals that care enough about them to try to speak and impart um, some level of encouragement and guidance into their life and that they would take that information and that they would make it useful, you know, in their life and that they would know that God loves them and, again, that he has made no mistake, that they have been fearfully and wonderfully fully made. They don't have to look like the the, the, the magazines. You don't have to look like, you know, the models on TV. But God has given you a piece of him. At the end of the day, we still have a piece of God in us. And let that be something that they settle in and settle on. And may we rise as children of God to be able to say and do um, what 
we need to to impart into these lives that would be um, a change agent along with what God has given and let God be the one who, you know, just kind of spearheads what we say, you know, that we're not trying to figure out the words, but that we would go to the source that we would know that God has the words, that Jesus is there right when we're speaking and that we can lean on him and pull from that level of confidence. And we're just asking this in the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. You know, like uh, I think it was Pastor Charlene said, you know, or Lady Tamika, you know, every one of us can look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, I just would, I wish this were different. And I'm going to tell you something, as a person who has been under the knife um, involuntarily, more than 10 times in our life that ain't that's no fun that's no fun you know I, I go in very peacefully by the grace of God I go in with the confidence you know um, I'm like well you know what God if this is my time you know then it it's my time you know I don't cry and worry and panic but to think that people would voluntarily risk their lives because at the end of the day that's what they're doing especially when you cross this border and you go into these other countries where these people have not been vetted where they're working you know under the radar where their tools are not approved and clean and um you know where they're not even trained medically um you know to do these things you would risk your life. You know, this woman who ended up with one less kidney, um, Elton I teach you says, you know, that this person has, you know, pain even when she eats, something that she can't get around. She has to eat. But where your mind isn't even focused more on that than it's focused on, you know, well, there's another part of uh, of me that there's a level of imperfection we have to lift this world up because this is how our children are not getting the care and concern that they need to get because our minds as as parents um, is not where it needs to be. We're not worried and concerning ourselves with the right thing. Are we willing to go underneath the knife of God? Can God do surgery on us and fix all of the imperfections in us? Are we willing to lay on the table and let God do surgery on us and cut out all of the imperfections, all of the things that we have given our life to that is unhealthy and dangerous? Are we willing to let the master surgeon do his job? You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the mind, heart, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew. For coming through big time, our ladies did a phenomenal job again, making the best presentation 
that could ever be made. Thank you for hanging out with us and participating in the conversation today. Please do not miss the opportunity to give God your life right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because, see, this is where it makes a difference. Your relationship with God makes a difference right here when you're considering all of these kind of things that might be dangerous for your health or your life. Until tomorrow, God spares with Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, God spare our life. I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.